Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe, and this is Season 5, Episode 7 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast, slated to come out on May. <laughs> I just had a moment there, almost said March. Slated to come out on May 16th, 2022. Uh, and we are going to just like get right into it. We're full of like certificates and certificate talk, and this is going to be Ricky's show. Uh, because I've been a little slacking in the certificate department. But first, let's talk about the beer that we're going to do. This is the Sycamore, which is Sycamore Brewing from Charlotte, North Carolina. Cinnamon Bun Latte. It's a blonde ale with coffee and cinnamon, 6.2% ABV. They don't really have a descriptor or anything like that. That's just kind of all that they say. Uh, I can tell you, when it came out, like, into my glass, and I, I got to smell it, it, it definitely has, like, a... A sticky bun cinnamon kind of smell to it. I don't know what it tastes like because, you know, I haven't tasted it yet. So what do you oh, think, man. Ricky? I'll tell you, this one tastes pretty good. I'm liking it. It's, it's very light, almost like a little bit airy, but it's smooth. Just on, like, the, the beginning, you know, right as soon as it hits your tongue, there's just a little bit of sweetness. There's definitely some of that, like, dark coffee flavors. But the aftertaste on it is so bright. I mean, it really does kind of feel like you took one of those like Pillberry, Doughboy, you know, the, the real thick cinnamon rolls they make. You know, they're not like donutty. They're like almost like cakey. And you dunked that in like a light coffee. Not sure I necessarily call it a latte because it didn't have like the that necessary creaminess to it. But, you know, like a blonde roast mm. and... Just took a bite out of that. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, I actually get a little bit of creaminess to it, but like I said, my beers are a little bit more warmed up. And so um, there may be something to like a cellar temperature, almost beer, that, to a like fresh out of the fridge beer that makes it have a little bit more of those flavors or the, that mouthfeel uh, with the creaminess. But it... It tastes like, um, you know, a Cinnabon or a pill, like, like you said, like one of those, which is, you know, still in that like baked good sort of thing. It kind of reminds me of the flavor that I taste when they're cooking. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, like that scent in the air. And that sense in the air. And then like, I also kind of taste it and mm -hmm. it hits with that coffee. It reminds me of that. Like... Um, it, it's, it's, this is dangerous and this, I'm just going to tell you, being a diabetic, this is dangerous for me. <laughs> this is very, this dangerous. is pretty good. I think I could get my wife to drink this. I mean, I you know, know, I don't think Venus would drink it. So I'm, I'm not sure that Alice would, I mean, they both, I don't know. I, Alice will drink some beer. If you okay. can get it in there with the right flavor profile, you know, she'll buy six packs of stuff for herself. Okay. Um, this is what I'll say about this one compared to, you know, the other flavored one we just tried. Uh, I'm not sure I could have pinned the word latte, but I could have definitely given you cinnamon bun coffee off yeah. the way this tastes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I have a couple others of these and um, I, you know, I kind of want to do a blind taste test with like, get some other like beers and like put them side by side and let's just see if they, like, you know, if, if we can pick that out, I think that mm -hmm. we would because it tastes so much like a cinnamon bun. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, the cinnamon here is so strong. Like, not even in the spice of, like, when you have, like, cinnamon in your mouth, but just, like, right. that essence is there. 
it's definitely like a baked good and, mm-hmm. and some some uh you know it it reminds me i mean again i'm just gonna say you know i go to a coffee shop i get some really good coffee and then i have a cinnamon bun that's cooking and i can kind of taste the 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 smell that i'm getting you know out of that it's awesome um this is out of out of this round of uh beers that i bought this is probably going to be in my in my top like beers because there'll be a couple more beers you know that i buy for the the podcast over the season i'm wondering if this is going to be my number one I mean, so far it is out of the two that we've tried, right? But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's real good. I, yeah. I'll give them that one. This uh, this nailed it. Probably so finishing this make, one too. I want to make this one. I, I want to make. I want to make something like this. I'm gonna see if I can figure out how to make something like this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's talk about something that I know that's been near and dear to your heart for the past like three to six months. Getting certificates. How many certificates have you gotten in the last four or five months? Ricky? Oh, no. Put me on the spot. I mean, it's like five or six. Okay. And they're, they're not all like these big um, industry technology certificates. Some of them are like PM certificates or like yeah, you know, exactly. Like yeah. certificates or something like that, right? Yeah. Agile certificates. And, you know, our company does some internal training programs. Some of those, I think, uh, I think only two I've gotten are like industry recognized. The other ones are really more, um, you know, the smaller project management little things like that. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's been a rush. There's something almost addictive about the not the big theory certificates. You know, we talk a lot about like the Cisco certifications and things mm-hmm. like that. They take all these months and months and months of like really hard study. And to switch from that to like, oh, okay, I'll take a three-day course and then I'll study for a week, and then I have a certificate and management's all happy about it. At the rate at which you can bust those out, I'm like, that's a little, that's a little addicting. Yeah. Like I did two in one day, and my managers were so amazed. It's like it really wasn't that big a deal. When you're used to studying for these huge industry ones, when you sit down to like a 40 hour company training with a small test at the end. Like I took my ITIL and then just later that day on a whim was like, I'll take the internal one. Why not? Yeah. And I'm knock that one out too. Out. Yep. Felt good. Yeah. I used to do that a lot more. Um, I, I haven't been doing it lately. Uh, I'm, I'm now that I'm, I'm kind of changing roles a little bit. I might be doing that a little bit more because you're about to be a lot more busy and I'm about to be a lot less busy. So I might fill my time with uh, certificates. My heart is empty, so I need to fill it with something. Certificates seems like it fits that void. Um, Look, but... the way the way management feels about it. I think we talked about that before, in the, like the long, long time ago, talking about getting certs. Is that one of the big advantages of getting certs, even for things you know pretty well, is just that recognition for it. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. But you I see mean, a low that, hanging fruit, grab it. That kind of like flies into this next thing that I was going to talk about. Um, the industry's changing when it comes to network engineers. And we've talked about this before. Like you're mm-hmm. no longer a net network engineer. You're like a net sec dev chat ops engineer, developer, you know, jack of all trades. 
Linux admin, they, they don't expect for you just to know one set of skills and be focused in one area. Um, they expect for you to be broad in a lot of things and have like a depth of knowledge that's enough to be able to perform work in all of those things, but to be really deep in one subject, um, it seems now. And so I just want to get your perspective on that. You know, what's the, what's the, what's the way you see the industry going with that stuff? In all honesty, I was thinking about this not too long ago. It almost seems like we've gone backwards in a way, like not necessarily like backwards in progress, but like backwards in time. You know, my dad was an IT guy. He uh, got his training in computer science, but then also did a lot of like smaller computer things. That's kind of how it was. Like if you were a developer, you were kind of, you know, stuck into your language. But if you were doing like IT work, there were a lot grayer lines then. Like a company would hire an IT guy, you're, like, you're the computer guy. You should go do all the computer things. And then, you know, that didn't work super well. So specialties kind of started to form and, you know, it wasn't just your university certified you for this, but now there were industry standards and there were certifications for things. And, you know, you were a Linux admin or you were a Windows admin, or you were a network engineer. And, you know, to some extent, I think there was always a hope that people could, could hop to the fence if they needed to. But people kind of stayed in their lanes more. And now, even at big companies, I feel like we're going back to, a, oh, hey, we can just call somebody an SRE, and they're supposed to be able to do everything. You know, they're just making new titles to feel like they don't need the specialties anymore. And so I don't know how that's going to look long term. You know, there's a reason everything split out. You know, I think probably we're in for some very interesting years of hiring in the IT world mm -hmm. because you know, I'm even just now seeing a lot of hiring. Those are companies we work for. Just talking with other people because um, you know I still keep up with all of our old coworkers that uh, we're not really with anymore. Yep, I, I know a couple that. of them are looking for jobs right now. Yep. And there's almost this emphasis on like, oh, okay, well, you know, you only know some of it right now, but then you'll learn the rest. And I just don't think the average person has the capacity for that. Like, as soon as you tell someone that, you know, they've got a limited amount of headspace, and right now it's dedicated to one particular thing, and they got to now fit in three or four more things in there, I mean, sure, they'll do their best to learn it. They're smart people. But I don't think it's going to work out the same way that, like, management thinks of it. No. And, like, the larger world thinks of IT, you know. You'll get somebody that knows everything, but they won't know it as well as the person who's dedicated to something. You know, even to that end, like, my network skills are not as good as they used to be. Now, my troubleshooting skills are better because I have to constantly troubleshoot in different technologies for my job. But if you sat down and made me take some of the tests I took before and passed, I'm not sure I could. You know, I certainly don't remember as much about route when I took it that I do now, when I did that for my CCMP, you know, because mm -hmm. I haven't touched this stuff. But on paper, 
there's an outage, you better call me because I'm the guy that knows the network. Now, I also got to be the guy that knows the automation and knows all this other stuff. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe it's, uh, what is it? Hesitant pessimism? I hope it turns out okay. I hope people kind of turn around before then. But I don't think long-term you can expect everybody to know every discipline. Not at an advanced level. No. You know, you can at a basic level. I mean, there's whole certifications just about you know a little bit about everything so you can be like that L1 guy. But, yeah, once you get into the real nitty-gritty, there's only, there's only so much room people have. If you feel like another part in STEM, I know I'm dominating this conversation. But this last I, bit, I, I completely, if, I completely made this for you to be a, for you to be able to talk just about the whole time about this topic. Yeah, I guess you know because I come from a different STEM background, at least in my education. You know, I didn't really do much comp sci compared to some other disciplines I studied. You know, I was mostly physics and chemistry. That would be like saying, okay, you know master's degree level because most of the people that i see in the industry getting brought in now for these kind of everything roles they're generally really high performing bachelors or they're a master's degree candidate and say okay you got your master's in chemistry that's great but we're also looking for someone who can perform at a master's level for biology and physics and uh, environmental science, ideally. You know, and like, is there some overlap there? Yeah. I, you know, when I took chemistry, I'd already taken some biology. So, and I'd also taken like biochem, which was done in the biology department. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. I knew some of these concepts. You know, I'd done a lot of physics stuff. So, some of the things they talk about in some of my mathematics courses, yeah, I kind of knew that stuff because they overlap. But I'm not an expert in all of it. You can't take the the master's degree chemistry guy and say, hey, but I also need you to be a master's degree physics person. And it's just expected. There's a reason those are different disciplines. They're related, but they're not the same. And I don't think the IT world is really taking that into consideration uh, because I think there's just too much of this idea of smaller and smaller stuff. You know, I think a couple podcast episodes ago, I can't remember if it was an individual conversation or podcast one. We talked about some of the issues with the economy and the kind of like just in time delivery. That so like was, we're, that was we're a podcast topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were cutting, we're cutting down, trying to save pennies to the point that we're not stable anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the same sort of mentality that brought this around. I don't need four people if I can get one person that can do four people's jobs. But the problem is one person is still one person. They don't got four brains. Yep. They can dip their toes in the water of what the other four people knew, but they can't replace all four people. Well, they, can't, uh, they can't be in four places at once. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the other angle of it, right? Like, completely even ignoring the man hours that you've got four times as much work out of four people. Just even just the knowledge. Like, yeah, I don't think you can, I mean, for anything really, like put IT to the table. If you just grabbed four professionals and you brought them to me and said, Ricky, for the next year, your job 
is just to learn how to do every one of these other four people's jobs. I don't care what their jobs are. I probably can't do it. Unless I get real lucky and there's some significant overlap between them. You know, you bring me a construction worker and even just one other thing. I mean, even just a construction worker. I don't know if I could be an IT guy and do like real serious construction. But when you plop a police officer, a teacher, a nurse, and like a chef in front of me, I can't learn all four of those jobs. And I think people have that reaction. Everyone would agree it would be crazy to be the chef, nurse, you know, whatever the other two I said were, all in one. Well, so what but if because, you were to be a police officer, an EMT, and a firefighter all at the same time? Yeah, see, I don't think you could pull that off. But that would there trick are, people into it. There are many places that that is, they just call their, um, their branches that do that, first responders. And they are the people that they hire to do those jobs are just though they that's just what they do. That's yeah, they well, do see, all, that's the thing. You beat me to my next point. I think because in people's minds, all these IT fields are related, just like all three of those emergency services are related, people feel like it can be done. Mm -hmm. But it's not really that much easier than just picking four random professions. Just because they're related doesn't mean that you know those skill sets. I mean, I we got a guy over in Voice. He's like one of their tier three guys. I think he's their lead that I work with all the time. He ever gets a phone that's really stumping him, he comes and talks to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had this guy. He didn't know what was wrong. He didn't know the network. So I got on the network. I was like, oh, this guy's phone. I'll get an IP address. And he was really just boggled by this. And, like, I, I was talking to him, and he wasn't really getting what I was saying. And it dawned on me, it's like, oh, this guy probably just doesn't know how DHCP works. Yeah, he has no idea. And so, like, I sent him an infograph. I was like, this is, like, this is the stuff it's breaking on. This is where it comes from. And then he kind of, like, understood it a bit better and was able to get the guy to do what I needed him to do. But even just that, like, I'm a high-level network engineer. He's a high-level, like, voice engineer. And all his stuff has to run over the network. So, like, they're more closely related to each other than, like, network and Windows. Yep. You know? And even then, a real basic network concept, how DACP works, he didn't know because he doesn't need it for his job. You know? So... Yeah, this idea that you're going to get the network engineer and the developer and the security guy and all that stuff. I mean, I'm not saying there's not people out there who can do it, but it isn't going to be standard. You know, that's not going to be a job title that people excel at at a large scale. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I pretty much just let you talk about this because I, I think your perspective is... Um particularly prescient in this uh but it doesn't oh, go ahead <laughs> no i was gonna say uh, it doesn't help that you you put a good line of beers in front of me normally i'm like half a cup of beer into three or four episodes i'm like two and a half beers <laughs> in an episode now well you've had you've had like one pint and uh one 12 ounce so yeah you're probably a little bit further than that in um but it's a good uh, point i didn't realize these were pints yeah the, the sycamore is a pint so you have about um, two pints in then, because I got halfway through the other one. Ah, uh, okay. So the the reason that I, I put this topic out here, and um, 
we may skip our third topic just because we've we've talked about this for so long but um it's because both of us are being expected to do this now i have a breadth of skills that i've developed in my it career but i think my my biggest set of like value adds are things like soft skills and stuff like that that we really don't have like people talk about but i was talking to one of our managers and she made it like a a point of pride to say i expect all of my engineers to know and be experts in multiple disciplines within technology and and look i mean you can learn multiple technologies that's not a problem there are people who know development like i know development right i'm not i'm not a developer but i understand the different ways that development happens uh the only language that i really understand at a deep level is python um i but i understand those things and i understand uh how they work i think we could both agree on that right yep um but i i am not a developer i am a network engineer um and i'm not a general technologist i'm a specialist in a particular level in network engineering now i'm an architect level specialist in that particular area of networking but i am not a generalist um i also you could say i have a lot of skills when it comes to linux and unix administration right i know a good deal about that right yep um i know a good deal about other technologies like radius servers and authentication technologies and certificates how to like manage certificate servers reverse proxies all these other things docker is another thing that i know a good deal about uh, containerization um and I've known about this stuff for a while. I've trained myself to understand these things. I know about software-defined networking and software-defined networking technologies. Um, but when it comes down to it, I am not an expert in any of those things. Some of those things I know a lot more about than others. But I'm not an expert in it. I build my own computers. But Linus Sebastian, expert in building computers. I'm not his level of expert, right? Yeah. Um, I take, well, I might be an expert in rebuilding iPods. That's probably one of the few things that I've like invested a lot of time in, done a bunch of times, like fixed over and over and over again. That's a technology thing that I've just like invested in. Right. Um, but it, there's a, there's a certain level that I get to in these things and there's someone else that's the expert. I'm just a person who knows enough about it to be good at it, right? Um, and I think that's where we've both shot ourselves in the foot and we've done like amazing because there are a lot of people like me out there. They understand a lot of these things. They're able to like go in these areas and be like, oh yeah, I understand this. Like I can get this. Talking about BGP. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, let's talk about that. I'm not the guy that you want running your WAN infrastructure. That's not my particular mm. bailiwick. Um, I don't know that. And if you threw me in there to do that, I need someone else that's a higher level person that understands that to sit down and explain a bit to me for a while. It might take me six months to get up to a place to where I'm able to perform at that level that I'm used to performing at. But 
I could get there, right? Now I'm going to forget some of the other things that I knew, like you were talking about. I don't remember as much about networking as I used to know because I'm not doing it all the time, right? Yeah. That stuff would come back if I had to go back and do it, but I'm going to forget some stuff about VPN. Probably going to forget some stuff about running certificate servers. I got notes somewhere and I'll remember it if I read them, but you know, my brain can only like hold so much information before it poops it out, right? So, yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you on this. I think part of the problem with the statement that you heard there is people really cheapen the word expert. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you throw it out there. People always say you know, 10,000 hours of deliberate practice makes you an expert at something. And people, you know, go about what's the exact number for like certain things. But, you know, that's the general rule of thumb. I just did the math here. If you take an eight-hour workday and you say all eight hours, they're deliberately working on this thing, that would take three and a half years to become mm -hmm. an expert in something. That's so right. I very highly doubt, because they would need to be an expert in one thing first to have multiple expertise. So I really don't think every person, every engineer under that, uh, whoever told you that, has seven years of dedicated experience. You know, not taking meetings during that day, just eight hours a day. And screw that's not even work days. That's on the weekends too, I guess. That didn't yep. separate that out. So just every single day, eight hours to become that expert. Doing nothing what, but sitting there working on that. Mm -hmm. What yeah. they probably mean is that there are every person on my team has at least two skills they can perform at a professional level. They're mm -hmm. worth paying for it. No, because that's, that's a much lower bar. That is not what that, that manager means. That manager didn't really understand what they were saying, though. I'll, True. I'll so maybe, maybe the way I should say it is that's the more truthful statement. Whether they know what they mean, no, that's how they, it really is. So, so I'm going to disagree with you there. What they, what they actually meant is I have asked my engineers that perform at a certain grade level to learn about the other technologies in our area of ex in, in our area that we manage and so they know something about each of those technologies they've taken trainings on them that's what they meant gotcha then yeah that is just a completely false statement exactly you know because <laughs> exactly. you know i really think you can buy in to the idea that people can perform at a professional level more than one thing like, so to your point, you know, you are a network engineer, really just, you know, network architect that has some development skills. Mm -hmm. I'm really the flip side to that, at least in our current role. So I've got a lot of experience doing other types of support. I still think I probably know more about Windows than I do about networking. I spent so much of my life living in that ethos. But, you know, I wouldn't call myself an expert developer. You know, I'm a professional developer, absolutely. I can perform at a very high level. Same thing as a network engineer. You know, I can perform at a high level. I can beat that guy you're paying 18, 20 bucks an hour to work on a network. You know, but I'm not an expert in either one of those things. Hell, I'm not sure I am a true expert in barely anything because of how much, like, just direct dedication that takes. The idea is like an expert, you know, they have to really go and seek knowledge. They're not going to run across oh, here's this tidbit I didn't know. You know, they've absorbed pretty much 
all that can be easily attained and they've got all this hands-on practice with everything you know so i disagree it, with you on that i think that you are an expert in some areas you are not i i would say you're a professional level developer across the board but when it comes to your particular bailiwick just like i'm a professional level network engineer but when it comes to my particular thing that i know about i am an architect like they don't go to other people to ask them how to run a hardware VPN network. They go to me because I am probably one of the few people in this world that know at such a deep level how to run that and all the caveats that happen with it at scale. For you, it's the same thing. How do you automate a hardware VPN network? You're a developer who knows how to do that. And that is a particular set of skills that, you know, you're a, you're that high level there. Um, yeah, that's true. But that's that focused thing that that's where your expertise is in that very limited range. Yeah, but I think that's the problem with the word expertise, right? Because then you're trying to argue from two different directions. It's the how much experience do you have in terms of how many hours have you spent mastering this craft versus what percentage of the population can do this task? And granted, both of those can be accurate measures depending on how you want to do it so maybe i'll give you that in terms of the number of people that know how to do my job it's a very specialized job there's not many right compared to i haven't spent 3.5 years eight hours a day doing you know hardware vpn automation so by that definition i wouldn't be an expert but that's probably splitting hairs but i think it's probably splitting hairs because i actually think you've spent pretty close to that Oh, I don't you, know. you, okay, well, think about when you started doing this. How many years has it been? The whole yeah, time I, mean, I get it. Podcast, it's, been a, it's been a long, long number been, of years, but I spend a lot of my days in meetings, not writing code. Okay, but we've been spending, we've been doing this podcast for almost six years, and you've been doing it more than we've been doing this podcast. Is that just my point? Yeah, I mean, look, in the 10,000 hour rule, I'm definitely past 5,000 hours. Yeah. I don't think I'm at a, I'm at 10,000 yet, okay. but you know, I do, I do think it runs down to your point though, that same thing with, with people trying to split out. Everyone knows everything. They don't really Mm-mm. understand the nuances of that. And they think yeah. they can take somebody who's really smart and say, look, I had them do shadowing for three months. They're an expert now. Yeah. Um, Maybe back on that topic, if I don't remember if it was a podcast topic or not, one of the companies I did a long contract with, they had a CEO, uh, a smaller company, it was only about 20, 30 people. And he was a smart guy, he was a lawyer, who then got into other areas of law. And he was notorious for, you know, when a position kind of wasn't needed anymore, or he just really liked the person that was in a lower position. It's like, oh, hey, you are just this brilliant salesperson. You know, you're so great at selling accounts and you're so smart. And I think you could be more valuable as this manager over the graphics design department. And he would just do that. He just moved people. Yep. It was in his idea because they're smart, they'll pick it up. And, you know, I never got to witness it because I wasn't there that long, but I heard from like other employees that like, those people ended up getting let go. Yeah, because just because you're smart doesn't mean you can just suddenly turn on a dime and start a whole new profession. 
as one of our friends says, in order to like be successful, you have to be empowered, have the ability and have the backing to be able to do the job that you're trying to do. There are responsibility. And, you know, if you don't have the responsibility and the empowerment, or you don't have the backing and the empowerment or, you know, all those other things, it's going to fail. Right. Yep. So that's, that's what always happens with those things is someone's just like, well, you're smart. You can figure it out. And they just throw you in it. And then you fail. Um, and only people that recognize that generally succeed in those moments. They find ways to be crafty and get around the failure that's happened to them, but they're not really becoming experts. They're just surviving in a world where you put them in a tough situation. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we talked through this. Do you have anything else that you want to say about DevSecNet op, chat ops or uh, getting a bunch of certificates or anything like that. No, all I'll say is uh, having two pints of beer and you makes it easier to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. All right. Well, this has been Beer and Broadband, Season 5, Episode 7. Uh, and we have a Twitter and a Patreon. We'd love to see you there. Engage with us. Tell us some topics that we want to hear from you. But otherwise, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.